All right, everybody. Today might just be one of the most meaningful episodes that I've done in my entire life. So my brother and I are embarking on a a big new adventure right now, which I will get to later on. But what I really realized is that, you know, I started this entrepreneurial journey about two years ago, and it was the start of my senior year of college. And I haven't really documented what that journey looked like for me, the ups and the downs, all of the failures, all of the hard moments, all of the lessons learned. And I feel like, you know, we learn best as humans from hearing other people's stories, what they went through and what we can pull from it and, you know, use it in our life to better our own experience on this crazy planet Earth. And so that's what I want to do here today. I want to take you through basically, you know, the starts of my entrepreneurial journey going back to the beginning of my college experience and then all the way up to today and what I see happening in my future. Just so you can get an idea of what it's like, you know, behind the dream. What does it look like, you know, when you're starting something, when you're going after something big, when you're trying to develop yourself, figure out, you know, the pain points in your life, figure out how to be happy, all these different things. And it really was a long process and long journey. So I got my, my computer pulled up here for those who are on camera can see me kind of looking at it because I don't want to miss point, points of the story here. I just have little little things jotted down. But, you know, it's basically a story of a man finding his way in life and what his own journey looks like. And so I'm going to start way back. You know, really my, my childhood was honestly pretty amazing. You know, I have a great family I grew up in an awesome neighborhood. Uh, I was the, pretty much the classic kid who loved playing sports, and basketball was my life. And of course, I wanted to go to the NBA. That was the original big dream. And as time went on, uh, it became obvious that a five, five, eight, five, nine white guy was maybe not gonna be put on this earth to play basketball. And so that was kind of the the end of of the first dream, the moment that I decided that I wasn't going to, you know, go be a basketball player, which I was totally okay with. But, you know, my whole life up to that point had really been just trying to excel in everything. You know, in school, I got straight A's and basketball, I worked as hard as I could. Really, every single thing I just tried to put 110% of my effort into. And it led me to to a good place, right? I When I decided that basketball wasn't the thing for me, you know, I looked at what my parents did. They were both working in business corporations at the time. My mom was working for Target. My dad was working for Mosaic, which is a fertilizer company. And I figured, well, you know, my dad's a businessman, so it, it makes sense that my next, you know, my next course or my next, my next pursuit in life would just be business. I'd go from basketball to business. And when I did that, um, I started looking at business schools. And, um, you know, at the time... Really not a lot of, you know, I know today so many high school and college kids are, are really considering not not going to school. The time it wasn't as popular of a choice to, to skip college and become an entrepreneur right away or do something like that. So it really wasn't in my mind to, to not go to college. Um, and so I started looking at schools and I ended up going to the University of Wisconsin-Madison. I got into the business school there and, you know, I got rocking and rolling right away. And... For my first, my very first year of college, I was interested in entrepreneurship. And I don't even know if I labeled it as that, but I had an opportunity come to me and it was called Smile On Wisconsin. It was my first entrepreneurial endeavor ever. 
And it was one of those things where the man who had the the original idea, you know, we bumped into each other from time to time in the hallways. And eventually we just formed a good relationship and my energy matched his energy. And he said, hey, man, I got this idea. I want to take it to the next level. And so I came on board and we took this idea of smile on smile on clothing. And we really wanted to go for a life is good sort of brand. Right. We wanted to spread positivity and happiness on the campus at Madison and then beyond. And we really did that at Madison. We sold about 500 shirts. We did a few speeches. We did a yoga and a mindfulness event, which back in the day when mindfulness was kind of this new thing. And, you know, we really were living out that mission on a small scale. Now, one of the things I realized about your first entrepreneurial endeavor is that you really know nothing. And so our founders didn't end up working together. Our, you know, our ideas and our plans, they just, they weren't fully elaborated yet. And, you know, we learned a lot from that experience. But when I reflect back on that experience, the big thing that stands out to me is I remember after my freshman year, we were talking and my buddy uh, one of the co-founders and myself, we really were thinking about you know, what would it look like to drop out of school, get a van, spray paint it all and put all the decals of smile on clothing on it and travel the U.S. from city to city, college to college, selling these shirts and just trying to spread good vibes all over college. Right. We knew that the transition into college was very hard. Right. We knew that a lot of kids struggled their freshman year, even into their sophomore year, and just how to transition from that life back home into life into college. And we really wanted to help people with that. Well, you know, again, um, there is this parental role that a lot of our parents play in our life where, you know, when you're at that age and they're still helping you support your life, you know, they have a big say in what goes on in your life. And so, you know, my parents didn't necessarily approve that decision. Um, if I went off and did it, um, you know, I don't know what would have happened. But again, it, it always kind of was expected to me to get my degree and to make that happen. And looking back at it, that was kind of the first sign that I didn't really follow the path that I wanted to follow. And so from there, when Smile on Clothing kind of um, died down, you know, I, I was in a lot of social clubs, right? I was playing club basketball. I was in a fraternity. I knew a ton of people, right? And I just, that was awesome for me. I, I loved Madison for that reason, for the social aspect. I got to meet so many people. I have so many amazing friends, amazing connections. And so in the social aspect, I really loved my time at Madison. But in the education aspect, I think what it did over time is it really started pushing me down this path that I didn't want to go down. And so when my first Smile On endeavor ended, um, from there I looked around and instead of kind of looking within and trying to figure out what I wanted to do, really what I started doing is I guess I started looking around. And there was this thing called investment banking and it was the most prestigious club at the University of Wisconsin and all the smartest business school kids wanted in it. Um, I'm not exactly sure why. But that was something that I said, okay, I can put my mind to this. I can be in the best club. Why not? I am get straight A's. I'm an amazing student. Why could I not be in this club? And the big grandiose vision was, okay, cool. I'll go be an investment banker for like two or three years. I'll make a ton of money and then I'll quit and then I'll be an entrepreneur. So the end goal was always to be an entrepreneur. It was always to create something that was meaningful and useful to the world. But... I decided to go a different route with it. I decided to say, yeah, but I'll get there through a different means. It means that I wasn't really sure that I liked, but it seemed like it was maybe going to be a good option. And so I did it. I studied my butt off. I applied. I went through the interview process. I got into the investment banking club. 
And this is when my life, for the first time, really I went through some hardships. Because as I went through that club, I ended up taking a job while I was still at school. This is now my sophomore year of college. I took a job while I was still at school because I knew it would be good on my resume to get something for my investment banking internship the following summer after my junior year. I was in the investment banking club. Time was going on, and I just found myself becoming less happy and less happy. And I was like, what is going on here? I'm in this best club at Madison. I have this amazing future set up for me. I have this job that is, you know, this called, it was called Epic. It was this awesome company in Madison. Everyone wanted to work at amazing headquarters. Um, you know, it was basically the apple of, of Madison, Wisconsin. It's not Silicon Valley, but it, it was, you know, this is our big company in Madison. And so over time, these feelings just really started to take a hold of me. And it was hard. You know, I was so stressed. I, I don't, I don't think I knew what anxiety was at the time, but I was definitely probably anxious. Um, and I just really felt like I was on the wrong path. I knew it. I knew I was on the wrong path, but I, I kept sticking with it anyways because it just seemed like the right thing to do. So one day I was sitting in the club meeting and it was a funny moment because I looked around and nobody quits this club because it's just kind of like this prestigious thing that when you get in, you know, you're kind of expected to finish it and do your thing. And I looked around and I said, nobody wants to be here. I, I could I could point out like five or six people, some of my good buddies actually, who I'm like, this person is actually made for this job. They're, they're going to kill this industry and they're going to do very good at this. I, I'm like, dude, you were just selling positive vibes, closing, clothing, talking about traveling the U.S. in a van. And here you are like wanting to be an investment banker. Like you kind of like math, you're really good at it, but you kind of like it and you would hate the lifestyle that investment banking has. And you can tell you're not interested at all because you're not putting in any extra effort towards it. And now you have this job because it's like for your resume, but the job isn't really anything of value to you. You don't enjoy the job. You actually really hate it. And so this was the first moment looking back at it where I made a good choice to start to follow my path again. And I said, you know what? I got to quit this club. I got to quit this club and I got to quit this job. And so I called my dad and, and he was actually extremely supportive. He said, if that's what you got to do, son, then, then you got to go do it. And so I did it. I quit, the, I quit the club. I quit the job. And here I was thinking, okay, sweet. Now I can do anything. Now the world is my oyster again, right? I had one path and I was so tunnel vision. I didn't like it. I got out of it, which I'm super grateful for because I can't imagine today if I was still an investment banker. And I got out of it. I got out of that. And now I said, all right, the world's my oyster again. What do I want to do? And I went home that summer back to Minneapolis, you know, and things were going good. And really the big thing on the horizon was I was going to study abroad in Bangkok, Thailand, my junior year spring. And that was like the big thing I was looking forward to. And I kind of wanted to go back into the entrepreneurial space before that. And so I started to take this smile on idea. And this is the first time I got really obsessed with storytelling. And I remember this moment. So that summer, my family and I, the summer after my sophomore year, after I'd quit investment banking, my family and I went to South Dakota. And there was this, um, we go to the Black Hills and there's this, this like chuck wagon with this horses pulling this carriage and there's a bunch of people sitting in it. And there's a man named Keith who's, who's singing. He sings to us all these amazing songs. And I remember that, that Keith actually told this story and he was talking about how, when there's a forest fire and when all the pine trees burn down, the pine cones actually also get burnt and inside the pine cones, there's these seeds 
and the seeds allow when the fire happens the seeds then get released out of the pine cone because of the fire and they get dropped into the ground and then the new trees can begin to grow and so it's like this natural restorative process that the universe has but it was the way he told it the way he articulated himself the energy he gave to it and it was the first time in my life where i was like man the power of story is truly incredible the power of hearing somebody talk about someone else's story their own story and, and the emotions the emotions that it invokes in you and you can interpret it in your own way that was something that became really interested to me and so i started toying around with this idea of like yeah i've always loved talking to people i've always loved stories and this idea of smile on stories was kind of birth this idea of like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna interview people i'm gonna share their stories i'm gonna bring people together it was all the ideas that i have right now but they were just an early stage form and so i made all these different plans that summer i was going to come back my junior year and do incredible things well then there was another hitch in the road when i got back to school in my junior year so at the time it was my first very serious relationship um, we had been together about a year at that point and it's one of those things where your first serious relationship, you're like, oh, I could probably marry this girl. And you're thinking like, you know, super crazy big thoughts because, you know, you don't really know any better. And the second day of school, the junior year, we ended up breaking up. And so that kind of led me into this space where I really had to figure some stuff out. I didn't know that was going to happen. It was unexpected. And I don't know if you've ever been, been through a breakup or listening to this, but it really forces you to look inward and ask yourself, okay, like what's going on with me? And, you know, I was really sad for a lot of those months. You know, all my friends were still friends with her. And it was just a really hard couple of months for me leading up to leaving for Thailand. I still had a lot of fun with my friends, but it, it just, it really weighed on me. And I was really trying to look inward and figure out like, how do I deal with this? And how do I, you know, improve myself? You know, I realized that, again, there was a lot of things within me that I still needed to work on and still needed to grow. And so that kind of paused all the entrepreneurial endeavors. And what I ended up doing is I ended up going back to kind of, it felt like a happy medium. I applied to a marketing um, startup. It was about 90 employees at the time. It was in Minneapolis. It seemed like a good happy medium between like this corporate world I didn't want to be in and this like entrepreneurial world that I wanted to be in. And so I applied to there. I got the job. And so after my, my experience in Thailand, I was going to come back to Minneapolis and I was going to work this marketing internship and life was going to be good. Well, this is really the turning point in the story. So I go to Thailand and I'm not going to talk much about that here because I could talk about it for like hours, but basically it was the most incredible experience of my life. I was there for five months. I lived in a uh, housing complex, with 140 exchange students from all around the world. So my friends were from Italy, Spain, Norway, Taiwan, obviously Thailand, Canada, Mexico, France. I mean, literally all over the world. And we traveled the world for five months and we tried new food and we had new experiences. And I saw the world in a completely new way. I mean, how Southeast Asia operates compared to how Minnesota and Wisconsin operate is literally the complete opposite. I mean, it is absolutely insane. And so many life lessons I learned, like following your own journey, that, you know, there's a lot of problems in the world that need to be solved, that the simple things in life are so important, like food and family and connection and, and just these really basic things. And 
this whole experience just really, really shook my entire view of the world. And I would say the biggest thing was, you know, meeting all these people from all around the world, I realized something really, really important. That you can literally do life however you want to do it. I talked to someone from Switzerland who said, oh yeah, in Switzerland, it's like this, and now I'm 28 and I'm graduating. Or someone from the UK, and like, oh yeah, after high, or after high school, we all take a gap year to travel, and then we go to school. Or in, you know, wherever. In Canada, it's done like this. We have two years of this school, and then we have this. Then people can go do this, and then it's pretty common to go to grad school. And I'm looking at this, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And not to mention the travelers we met from all around the world who said, oh yeah, I've been traveling for 10 years. Just going around the world traveling. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you can do whatever you want to do with your life. Like seriously. But when you're in the same environment, the same culture, the same city, like back in Minnesota, Wisconsin, you kind of get brainwashed into, into being convinced that you have to do what everyone else is doing around you. But if you step back out of that little city you're in, the little environment you're in, you realize that each and every place in the world has that own little thing, what you're expected to do. And when you step back, you can actually read through all that bullshit and you can say, oh, okay, I can actually do anything. I can actually do whatever I want. And so that was the big turning point moment for me. And so I was going home back to Minnesota with this awesome mentality of I can do whatever I want. And I landed and I got back to my house in Plymouth, Minnesota, in the suburbs, and I remember this moment because this was the this was the pretty big moment in my life of starting a pretty big battle with mental health for a long time. I sat in my bedroom, and for this, I would say this is the first time in my life I experienced real anxiety. I sat in my bedroom, and all of a sudden, my chest and my body started like tightening up. I don't think it'd be classified as like a panic attack, but it was something where I just started to freeze. And I remember I had my brother and one of my buddies come in and ask if I wanted to hang out. And I was just like, no, I can't. Like, I don't know exactly what's going on, but I think reflecting on it, what really happened was I had this realization of I can do anything I want to do. And I got back to Minnesota and I realized a few things. One was that I was about to start a job that was completely not aligned with what I wanted to do, this marketing internship that I told you about. The second thing was, is that when I was in Thailand, I actually met another girl and I started dating her and she wanted to continue and to try it out. And I did really like her, but I think in my heart, I knew that it just wasn't going to work. And so I sat down and here I was dating this girl who was now going back from Bangkok to Montreal where she lived. I was in Minnesota. I was going to start a job that I didn't want to like. And my body and for some reason my mind just freaked out. And it started with this just really severe tightness in my chest. And, you know, this was the start of kind of the hardest like six to eight months of my life. You know, I really, I really was just just uncertain about the world. I was at this job and I knew it wasn't for me. You know, I really knew that I was made to do something more in life. And here I was, you know, at a marketing agency trying to sell ads online for plus size women, women's clothing. I'm like, this is not what I'm meant to do on planet earth. Like I have so much more in me. I just saw the whole world and I know that I have so much more to give. And so I started to really you know, again, just feel the weight of that. And over time, the weight of this relationship that I was still in because I was afraid. You know, I think I was really attached to the experience that I had 
in Thailand. I was attached to the past and I felt like letting go of the relationship was kind of going to be letting go of that experience. And I guess at the time I just wasn't ready to do that. And so I went through the whole summer and then I went to my first couple weeks at University of Wisconsin back at my senior year and I was still just feeling the weight of this and the weight of this and I wasn't I wasn't sure what to do and I I, I still was like oh, like something just isn't right you know there was honestly a lot of nights where I just I actually just started crying like there was nights where I just didn't know how to deal with the anxiety I didn't know how to deal with the body tightness and it just it weighed on me weighed on me like crazy and so I remember going to a coffee shop. This was late September, about two years ago to the exact date. Um, I went to the coffee shop and I, write, I wrote down in my journal, Collectivo Coffee um, was where I was in Madison, Wisconsin. And I wrote down, you know what, Timmy, today's the day. Today's the day you're going to commit to figuring this thing out. Commit to figuring out what is your dream life? What does that look like? How can you create it? And how can we figure out all the problems that we're having right now? Like really commit to it, not just hope it happens, not just think about, but we're really going to commit to this and we're going to see this through. And I also wrote down and kind of committed to myself, like I'm not going to apply to any jobs. And I didn't necessarily tell my dad this at the time because I didn't really think he'd approve, but I said, I'm not going to apply to any jobs. That's it. I'm going to try to figure out how to be an entrepreneur because I knew this whole time, as you can hear from this story from my freshman year, I knew this whole time, that's what I wanted to do, but I was afraid to do it. I was afraid because of the pressures of society and all my friends weren't doing that. I was afraid because of the pressures of my parents and I knew that that's not necessarily what they would want me to do and they wouldn't probably approve right away. And they haven't necessarily approved of ideas in the past, like me dropping out of school and going to be an entrepreneur. And so I, those two big things were standing in my way and I, I cut them out. I said, you know what? I got to follow my own path. And that was really the start of my entire journey to now, the two years that took me to this moment, because I started to view everything within the end goal. My end goal is I want to help people. My end goal is I want to be happy. My end goal is I want to live my dream life. I want to chase my path. And looking back at it, I realize in my life now, all the anxiety in my life that's popped up, whether it was during the investment banking or after this experience in Thailand, or even things along this journey now in these next two years, is because I didn't feel like I was following my own path. Like That's been the biggest part of the anxiety I faced in my life is whenever I feel it again now, I know it's because something's off. I know it's because I'm maybe not following my own path. I'm very tuned into that now. And so I didn't realize that until, you know, really right, you know, just recently, just piecing this whole thing together because life's been pretty crazy. But I committed to it, right? I committed to my dream contract and I got amazing advice. So when I started to commit to this, I started to just do things, do things that I knew maybe had potential to help me find the answers. And my brother had met two life coaches back in Minnesota while he was filming a wedding. And they wanted to meet me. Todd told them about all of our ideas, um, all of our plans. We had this group called the Daydreamers that we formed. And it was a group of guys, and we met every single Monday. And it still is a group of guys. It's my best friends. I live with them in Minnesota. 
um, and it probably is done from this. But we started meeting every single Monday. And we picked Mondays because, you know, Mondays are normally your least favorite day of the week. We said, how can we make Mondays the best day of the week? Let's make Mondays freaking awesome. So we decided every Monday to meet up a group of six or seven of us and literally talk about our dreams, talk about how we could help each other make our dreams a reality. And we did that every single Monday for honestly about a year. And it really, really, really helped us all process the world and support each other. And through that, we had a ton of these big business ideas again, these ideas of like, wow, this idea of supporting each other, following your own path really rings true to me. It really is a powerful thing and we all felt it. So my brother met these life coaches anyways at the wedding and he told them about the daydreamers and what we talk about and they're like, we want to meet you guys. And so I drove all the way back from Madison, Wisconsin to just get dinner with these people, these two ladies. And I remember this piece of advice so powerfully because she told me, I told her all these things I was doing. I was like, yeah, you know, I used to be interested in this and this and this and this. And she said, Timmy, there is a difference between what you can do in life and what you should do in life. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do it. So what should you do? I was like, wow. And that hit me really hard. It really did. And I said, what should I do? Well, I know I want to help people. I know I want to spread good energy. I know I want to be a light in the world. I know I want to work face-to-face with people. So what does that look like? She said, if you were going to help people right now, what would it look like? I said, probably men, probably young, you know, young men who are struggling to kind of find their way, just like I was doing, right? It's all coming back together. And I said, okay, all right, let's do that. So I started on that mission. And what ended up happening is I actually ended up working for these people. I ended up working for this brand that they called Finding Your Z. And the plan was, was that I was going to start basically a social media marketing agency. That was the big first thing that I was going to do. I was like, okay, I'm going to start a social media marketing agency. And the reason is I'm really tapped into this why now, this why of I want to help people. I want to give back. Like most people, but my why was like pretty solid. It's like I really want to help people. And it was, you know, as I realize now, it's okay to evolve your purpose, evolve your why. But starting with that point of, again, those end goals of I want to help people. I want to be happy. I want to live my dream life. That was my end goal. That's what I was chasing towards. I didn't know exactly what it looked like. So this phase of the journey is figuring out the what that it looks like. And that's what we're always still figuring out. But so anyways, I thought it would look like a social media marketing agency. I was going to help people who were doing the things that that were helping the world grow them. That was the original plan. And so I worked for Finding Your Z, which was going to be this personal development concept, basically how to get from A to Z in your life, Z being the manifestation of your ideal life. And I worked with gyms and different things like that. And my brother was doing the video work. So he was doing videography and he was capturing the video for these clients. And I was doing the social media stuff. And it seemed like this yin and yang thing were really going to work out. After about six months of this journey, I started to realize something. I said, wait a second. I'm helping people do the things that I want to do. Like this social media stuff is cool, but like this still isn't my passion. Like I still don't really love this. And it came to a moment where I realized that. And again, I tried to ignore it because here I was this entrepreneur doing my own thing again, trying this thing. And I was afraid to say, I was afraid to quit and start trying to try something new again. And so I kept pushing the needle on now, oh, maybe it'll work out. Maybe it'll work out. Maybe it'll work out. And eventually it was like, no, okay, I really don't want to do this. 
and when it come when it came down to it, there was a lot a lot of issues with the Final Year's Eve stuff too. I wanted to progress the mission. I wanted to grow it. I wanted to be a part of it. I actually got to speak at one of their events, and I was like, we got to push the needle forward here on this and really make this thing global and do crazy things with it. And the founders weren't necessarily willing to do that. And again, this is another moment in my life where I remember I was getting dinner with one of the daydreamers, my buddy Rory, shout out Rory, and my brother Tyler. And I was telling him my struggles. I said, guys, I'm not happy. I don't know why I'm not happy. I'm, I'm doing this entrepreneurial journey. I'm chasing my dream, but I'm not happy. And again, in that moment, it was because I wasn't following my path. This idea of being a social media marketer and, and making a social media agency it wasn't, it wasn't me. It wasn't my thing. And so right then and there, you know, finding your Z actually stopped. So that kind of ended the social media stuff. I stopped doing, so that ended. And I started to ask myself, okay, again, what do I want to do? And it all came back to stories. Once again, where we started, you know, way back when with the smile on stories, my sophomore year, I said, I know I've always wanted to tell stories. It's something that I love to do. I love talking to people about life. I love talking about life in general. I love helping people. I love thinking about happiness and mental health. And now I've gone through so much through my college experience and this whole year of entrepreneurship. I was like, I gotta start a podcast. I need to start a podcast. This is like, if I didn't get paid for the rest of my life and I was just podcasting and that was all I was doing, like I would be the happiest man alive. I said, okay, sweet. We're starting this podcast and that's what we're gonna do. All right, what else are we gonna do to make money? What else are we gonna do? My brother and I had a ton of conversations because I said, dude, you know, I don't like the social media stuff, but I love storytelling. And you're a videographer and videographers tell stories. Like, how can I just team up with you? How can I come onto your team and help with the creative direction of the stories that you're telling visually? And I can help, you know, with the back end stuff of saying, hey, how do we tell this story? What's our storyboard? What's our main characters? You know, how do we get new clients that we want? You know, this sort of back end stuff of the video business. And so going into 2020, I have not had any part-time job this entire year. And my brother and I made a plan that has evolved and changed a lot of time. But the plan was, okay, we're going to run this video business and I'm going to start building my podcast. And that's going to kind of basically grow into this entire personal development empire that I want to build because my dream is to be someone like a Tony Robbins or whatever, right? X, Y, or Z person. And so that was the plan. And so we started you know, really growing the video business. My brother really, honestly, I didn't do much. Like this dude's been killing it. Like I pretty much has just been along for the ride and helping where I can and, and really setting the vision and the tone for it. But you know, there's just been so many clients coming in. He's got just incredible skills that, you know, things have just been rolling and, and going really well in that aspect. And so in the, you know, the podcast side of things, I was, I didn't know what I was doing, but I started it, right? I started to do it. I started to get better at it. And then my brother and I had this really so many good plans set up with um, my podcast. I had ideas of expanding it into this idea of events and coaching and speaking and places where, again, we could bring people together who are on their own path, bring dreamers together, connect, talk about life and talk about their journeys. But really, the big kicker happened and we all know what happened. 2020, COVID hit and COVID hit and this was the start you know, really what ended up happening was massive growth in my life, which is interesting because I feel like people have different reactions to COVID. But basically what ended up happening is I was stuck. I was stuck in Plymouth, Minnesota, basically by myself with my parents. And I had all the time in the world by myself. All the video shoots we were going to do were paused. 
And I was like, okay, let's sit down. And what I ended up doing is I ended up trying to make a really big vision for my personal development company. Because the video studio was in a good spot. I was like, I don't need to do any visioning for that. What's the vision for this personal development company? And so the original name of the podcast is called Live an Extraordinary Life. You followed me for the first three months of this. It was called Live an Extraordinary Life. And I decided that that wasn't the message that I necessarily wanted to send. You know, I think that people hear the word extraordinary. They think they have to get big cars and big houses and do crazy things. And I was like, no, I don't necessarily want it to be that. And looking back at it, that's not how I described it. My, def- my, my description was figure out what an extraordinary life is to you. And so just like everything else in my life, figure out your path and your journey and how you can follow that to the fullest. But it was being read wrong. I don't know if I really loved the vibe. And my whole thing was about dreams. My entire life, the daydreamers, following your dreams, connected like-minded dreamers. I was like, I need this in the ethos of my brand. This just feels right. And so what I did is, honestly, I ended up I ended up just, just learning. I went back to being a learner. I... You know, I took this KBB Knowledge Broker course. I took the Science of Well-Being with the most popular course from Yale ever about happiness. I took Personal Power, Tony Robbins' most popular online course. I did a mindfulness and meditation course. Like seriously, all these different things I did. And I mean, the amount of growth I experienced that was, was incredible. And I ended up coming up with a huge brand, the Dreamers Initiative, and the goal is to was to connect like-minded dreamers, help them expand, help them grow. My vision was building communities and events and, and just layering in all these incredible things, programs and personal development challenges. And I decided to rebrand the podcast name to what you know as it now, which is Dreamology. And I liked that because I was like, this is more of a study. This is more about studying what the dream life is to you. And the reason why I like the word study is I love the idea of being a student of life, right? I think... We're so, we're so focused on being students as a young child. But as I saw, being a student didn't get me anywhere. It got me to the end of my journey, my senior year, and I was anxious, sad, following the wrong path, and I was going to bed in tears. And I was like, this, this isn't right. Like Just being a student you know, in society's terms isn't right. It's about being a student of life. It's about flipping the script and saying, what can I learn? How can I grow? What can I do? How can I test? And just like in school, it's all an experiment. It's all a project. Oh, okay, I got a C on this one. How can I get a B on the next one? And how can I just keep improving and keep improving my life? And not just in a career sense, but in a personal sense, right? My whole journey, you know, it really has been about trying to find happiness before success. And within that, there's a lot of things that I've learned about myself, non-negotiables. I like eating plant-based. I like meditating every day. I like working out every day. I like having a meaningful conversation every day. I like journaling. I like lighting a candle at night in my bedroom. I like going for walks midday. I learned all these non-negotiables, all these things that were going to make me happy regardless of anything else in the world. And start doing those things every single day. So no matter how crazy my business life is, I'm always doing the things that are making me happy. And so that was super, super powerful for me. Finding happiness before success, studying what that looks like to me, and always being on that mission. So Dreamology was born. Dreamers Initiative is this was this big brand, this big idea that I wanted to build. And that's what we started running with. We started rocking and rolling. And <laughs> then, you know, as life does, another hurdle hits. Boom. George Floyd gets murdered right in Minneapolis, right at our home door, right when I was launching this whole thing. And I got into another state of, oh, man, you know, 
in this moment. It doesn't feel right. I feel anxious trying to work on my own stuff, to spread my own mission, to spread my own ideas because the world doesn't need clutter right now. It needs focus on the issue, the mission. Black Lives Matter, what's happening, the racial inequality, the, the police you know, the police brutality, all these things. This needs more spotlight. So again, pause. Now focus on that, trying to help that. And then when the wave of that died down, I said, no, 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 I got to keep following my path. Again, going back to me following my path. And so I started to build this thing. I started to build big ideas. Eventually, I finally moved out of my home in Plymouth just literally a month ago. I moved out uh, with my, the Daydreamers, my best friends, Northeast Minneapolis, and it was going to be the best year of our lives. Really, I was, I was so excited. My brother and I sat down for 48 hours. We did a full business retreat. We made a full plan to grow the video business into a quarter of a million dollar business. I had a full plan to grow my, the personal development brand, the Dreamers Initiative. I wanted to build the first program out, launch it January 1st. My goal is to have 1,000 students in it by the end of 2020. Um, and really just setting the tone like, hey, we're the guys who tell stories. We're the guy who wants to help you chase your dreams. Here's what we're doing. Here's what we have to offer. And just coming to the world with this big and bold sort of attitude. Well, little did we know that our lives were about to change forever. And that's where we get to where we are today because we are sitting in a hotel room in Chicago. So how did we get here? Well, one of my biggest guests that I want to interview. So as I said, my favorite thing in life to do is talk to people. And that's where the podcast started and all these different things. And I have a top 25 list. And on that top 25 list is a man named Charlie Rocket. Now, Charlie Rocket inspired me in so many ways. He basically worked for two chains for 10 years. He was pursuing music, but he ended up losing himself in the process. He gained so much weight. He was 305 pounds and he was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And he was able to say, you know what? I'm done with this. He quit music and he started following his own path. And again, now that I look at it, everyone that I look up to in my life, all the heroes, Kobe Bryant, Will Smith, Paulo Coelho on The Alchemist, Mike Posner, Char uh, Charlie Rocket, Dan Buettner, all these guys are because they really just relentless, relentlessly followed their own path. And so I really looked up to Charlie because he was able to lose the weight, reverse the brain tumor. He ended up running five marathons. He ended up doing an Ironman. And then he biked across America and he started his Dream Team Tour, which is where he goes around the U.S. and he just helps people with their dreams. He helps people make their dreams a reality. Sometimes that's financially. Sometimes that's motivation sometimes through education, but he's helping people make their dreams a reality. And I looked up to this guy so much. And so he started his dream machine tour and he was going to Milwaukee, which was five hours to Minneapolis. And I said, this is it. I'm scared to reach out to him because I'm scared that he says no, but I'm going to do it. I reached out to him and I said, Charlie, use all of his lingo. And I said, dude, I really, I really, really want to interview on my podcast. My brother and I will make a free video for you. We'll drive all the way to Milwaukee just to meet you. We'll be with you for the entire weekend, all your you know events in Milwaukee, and then we'll go home and we'll go our separate ways. That was the original plan. And so he responds and he says, yes. And I was freaking out. I called Tyler. I was like, dude, we're going to Milwaukee in like a month. Like this is going to be insane. We're going to go meet Charlie Rocket. We're going to make a video for him. He's a Nike sponsored athlete. Oh, I didn't mention that. He got sponsored by Nike through all of his crazy endeavors and story. I was like, dude, this is going to be absolutely insane. And he's like, all right, let's do it. And so literally two weekends ago, we drive to Milwaukee. We meet him and... We did the first event, we filmed it, yada, yada, yada. And he said, all right guys, FaceTime me at 9 p.m. So we go back to where we're staying, we FaceTimed him. And this is kind of 
the rest is history sort of moment. But we basically told them, he's like, he's like, hold up, hold up. You guys drove from Minneapolis. You brought all these ideas, all this energy. Like, what's going on with you guys? And so we told them. We told them our life story, our life mission, our life plan. And he was just blown away. He's like, oh, my gosh. Like, our, our missions are so similar. Like, it was actually crazy. I was telling him all my big life goals, and he was shooting them right back. Like, these are my exact same goals. And so the rest of that weekend, we were kind of running off that energy. And we go home that week, and we were going to go back to Milwaukee the next weekend, which is last weekend. And we wanted to basically make this really awesome video for him, um, which is going to be released tomorrow. If you don't watch it, if you watch this before tomorrow. Uh, but it, we're, you know, we want to make this really awesome video for him that's going to promote mental health and wellness. And during the weeks between the two Milwaukee sessions, he gave us a call, and he said, guys, I want you guys to come on tour with us. I want you to come on the Dream Machine Tour. I want you to come to Detroit, New York, Philadelphia, D.C., Miami, Tampa, Nashville, Atlanta, Houston, Indianapolis, St. Louis. I want you to come around the U.S. with me, documenting this journey, helping make one million dreams come true is the big goal. And Tyler and I's mind were just absolutely blown away. We were like, oh, my gosh, dude. Oh, my gosh we, we got to do this. Like we have to, we have to do this. This is the craziest opportunity. The universe is presenting us this insane opportunity and we got to do it. And so we said, all right, man, let's make it happen. And so we went back to Milwaukee last weekend. We came to Chicago last week and we filmed the video. We went back to Minneapolis for four days. We signed a contract and now here we are sitting in a hotel room in Chicago and Tyler's over here. He's saying, yep, this is insane. We're in Chicago right now, and the, the big thing really I realized is that following your own path in life doesn't mean that it needs to be you and only you and you're doing your own thing. What it means is you're finding your truth and you're living that out. You're finding your reason for being and living that out. And so at the start of this entrepreneurial journey, like when Finding Your Z ended and I started doing podcasts with Tyler, I thought, you know what? I'm going to own my life. I'm going to do everything. I'm going to control everything. And there's this moment in your journey, which has happened for me, which was, it's not necessarily about me. You know, the ego aside, it's not about me. It's about the mission. It's about helping people. It's about making dreams come true. And Charlie's mission was so aligned with our mission that it felt like, it felt like an obvious choice to, to join force with him for these five months and say, yeah, man, we want to help progress your mission because right now my skills and gifts can be used with him, his mission in a better way to reach more people than I could on my own. And if I can serve my mission out better with somebody else, then let's freaking do it. And so we decided to say yes. And so here we are now with Charlie Rocket. We are going on tour for five months across the entire U.S. We'll be living in Airbnbs and hotels. We'll be traveling on his Dream Machine RV, and we're going to be making dreams come true. And it's going to be an insane experience, and I can't wait to see where it all takes us. And the future is unknown with all my stuff. Dreamology, the idea, the concept, the podcast, I'm going to continue to run this. Every Monday, I'm going to release two episodes, an interview and a solo episode. And again, if I miss some of these weeks, don't be mad at me because my life's going to be crazy. And I'll be posting tour reflections after every city. I'll tell you guys what's going on, what I'm learning, the things I'm learning about dream chasing and happiness and all that good stuff. And I really want to keep this idea of dreamology alive. And it is going to stay alive. I don't say want, I will. I will keep this idea alive because I think that what the world really needs 
is real education platform on how to make their dreams a reality, not the dreams that society has for them or their parents has for them, how to make their dreams a reality. And so I will bring this idea into the world on bigger and bigger and bigger levels as time progresses. But for now, I'm with Charlie Rocket. We're doing amazing things. We're bringing dreamers together. And they have this thing called the Dreamer app or online you know, like-minded dreamers can come together. And again, it's everything the daydreamers talked about. It's this idea of connecting people who are going on their own path, right? Going on your own path together. I think people saw that going on your own path alone leads to a lot of loneliness, a lot of sadness. But if you go on your own path with other people, it can be this amazing, beautiful ride. Life can be a huge journey. And it can be one of those things that that you just you just you just love. You love your life because you're on your own path, you're on your own mission, and you're doing it with other like-minded people. And so now we are going on tour and I have my journal here because we have a very few goals for this. And so the other day, actually yesterday, as we were driving to Chicago, I wrote down my big goals and the big life goals on the basic level. I wrote down three of them. Pretty simple. Be happy is number one. Number two is never stop chasing. And it's kind of a, a funny concept, but I realized that when you commit to this idea of your dream life, the, the really biggest variable is you just never stop chasing it. It's, it's a lifelong process. There is no infinite success. There is no infinite failure. Life is a, is a lifelong journey towards finding what works for us. You're never going to reach a place and say, this is it. I'm good. Like nothing else matters anymore. You know, this idea of never stop chasing rings true to me because in the really hard moments and the really down moments, you don't quit. You don't say, you know what? No, I'm going back to that life I don't love. You keep going. You keep pushing. You keep fighting for it. So if I can die and say I never stop chasing, that would be a huge win. And the third thing is just die with no regrets. You know, it's been a guiding question my entire life, this idea of if I die tomorrow, would I have any regrets? And right now, I think I pretty much say no to that question. I am fully diving into life, fully diving into stuff, and, and really going all out. And so those are my three big life goals. But for this tour... The big thing is to help Charlie make one million dreams come true. That's the big thing. And we're going to make that happen. Like, there's no questions asked. I mean, it leads into the bigger life goal of, like, I want to try to impact a billion lives. There's a lot of kids out there that want to do that. We're going to come together. We're 23 years old, and we're going to join forces. And over the course of 60 years of life, we're going to help people all around the world. And so on this Dream Machine Tour, one million lives to Charlie Rocket. And really beyond that is to use our podcast to share what I'm learning on tour about chasing the dream, about happiness, about life, and trying to create life-changing content every single day for people. And those are the really, the really, really big goals for this tour. Um, and then that plays into you know a lot of my bigger life goals. Like I said, I want to make a lot of dreams come true. I want to build these real-world education platforms. I want to build spaces and areas people to come together and to really experience life. You know, again, some of my big dreams here, like uh, co-living communities and centers and cities, people can come together. This idea of, um, you know, again, just connecting dreamers and connecting like-minded individuals. And I have a lot of other like crazy wild goals because I just, I like setting big goals. I like setting, you know, when I was younger, I wanted to go to the NBA. I set a big goal and I worked really hard for it and I grew a ton. And I like this idea of seeing what I'm capable of, seeing what I can grow into and setting these massive crazy goals and just going all out for them. And so right now, the massive crazy goal is to help Charlie Rocket make one million dreams come true. And I have no doubt that we're going to get this done. And either we're going to continue to work with him um, or, you know, it's going to lead us to something new and we'll see what happens. But, you know, I think he's looking for people to be in for the long haul. So it, it could be that 
I'm working with Char for the next 10 years. I really don't know. I can't tell you what that's going to look like, but you know, those are, those are kind of the, <laughs> the things that, that are looking like. And so again, the big goals are just to change lives, to be happy and to chase my dream. And I feel like that's really what I'm doing right now. And so before the end of this episode, I just want to share with you the, the five big lessons. I've learned so many lessons. I got them on the whiteboard right here. I've learned so many lessons on my journey. Um, these are five that really stick out to me right now. Um, and I'm going to share them with you. So the first one is to sign a lifetime contract with your dreams. That's what we were just talking about. Just commit to it. Commit to your dream life. Commit to following your path, to figuring out what makes you happy and let the rest be. Figuring out the what and the how and the when, all that stuff is going to figure itself out on the journey. But if you never commit to it, you're never going to figure it out. If you never start trial and error, you're never going to figure it out. And so picture yourself being going to number two in kindergarten again. You know, we have this idea of when we graduate college, we're supposed to be, you know, suit and tie professionals and have life figured out. Well, nobody has life figured out. Not even my parents, not even my grandparents. Nobody figures life out. Life isn't a uh, equation to be solved. Life is a journey. And so what I realized is that when you're following society's path for, for 20 plus years, you're not going to have life figured out. And so the moment you decide to start following your own path, it's like you're in kindergarten again. Give yourself 20 years. I'm not saying don't take action, but I'm saying don't put that expectation and pressure on yourself to have it figured out. Think about back when you were in kindergarten. You didn't know anything. And then after you went through middle school or elementary school, middle school, high school, college, you grew like crazy. Put the pressure on yourself as a kindergartner would put on themselves. None. None. Just simply focus on learning, on being present, on understanding the things that you like and allow that to evolve. And you will grow and you will grow and you will grow because your expectations won't put all that pressure on you and stress and anxiety to be somebody you're not yet. Trust me, this, I, when I started my entrepreneurial journey, I had this expectation of me being this big, bad time, you know, big time, crazy entrepreneur. And I wasn't that person. And the fact that I was trying to be that person or expectation to be that person just really just wasn't fair to myself. I still don't really know shit. Like, we still are so young and we're still learning every single day, which is why I'm a student of life, which is why I have dreamology. You know, we don't, I don't know anything. I'm just a kindergartner, just a kindergartner trying to make my way in this world and learn about what my dreams are, not what anybody else's dreams are. The third big thing that I learned is that failure doesn't exist. If your end point is happiness, if your end point is helping others, if your end point is chasing your dream, Every single thing that happens within your existence points you towards the end goal. Now, some people don't believe in the concept everything happens for a reason. You can choose to believe that or not, but everything has a lesson, and that is for sure a fact. And so basically, everything that happens on this journey can guide you somewhere. Every failure I have, every failed business attempt I had guide me somewhere. Every time I feel anxiety now, that guides me somewhere. Every time something bad happens, it guides me somewhere. Every time something good happens... I learn from it and I say, okay, it's all within my end goal of happiness and helping others and dream chasing. How is this teaching me something? Now, everything in life becomes a lesson. Everything in life pushes you towards where you want to be. And so in that sense, there is no failure. Failure does not exist. Point number four, life is about you versus you. Again, this is the idea of running your own race. Like it doesn't matter when you're in college or high school, or even sometimes recent grad, you think that 
you know, how am I doing compared to my peers? How do I do on my test? What internships do they have? When you get out of college for long enough, nobody freaking cares. Like nobody cares about what you're doing. Nobody cares about like they care about themselves. People want to be happy themselves. People are selfish. Nobody's looking at you and studying your life and 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 like it's about you. Focus on yourself. It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. And oftentimes we get in our own way most of the time too. Like we're our own worst enemy. Like life is about figuring out how to get out of your way, figuring out how to stop comparing yourself to others and just running your own race. And that's a huge lesson I had to learn. And then the final thing, number five, going with the theme of dream chasing together, that you don't have to do it alone, right? Life is not meant to be lived alone. We are social creatures. We are put on this earth to support each other. And that's what we should do. And on this journey of life, doing it alone is really a choice too. You can choose to do things alone. You can choose to internalize all your problems. You can choose to not ask for help. You can choose to isolate what you really want from the world, not be vulnerable. Or you can get vulnerable. You can share your deepest desires to the world. You can share your pains to the world. You can intimately connect with others. You can ask for help. You can join forces with people who are doing the same things as you. You can find friends who love you for you and not anything else. And you can choose to have that be a part of your journey. And as we've seen with all these people who are trying to do it alone, it doesn't work. Loneliness and sadness and mental health is such a big thing. Find people who support you, who love you, and want to help you be the best version of you and run your own race and be on your journey. And those are the kind of people that you surround yourself with. And I recommend doing that because, again, life is a lot better lived together. So that's it. That's the whole story. The ups, the downs, the twists, the turns. I didn't think I was going to talk for this long, but it just kind of started flowing and it's kind of cool to have it all out there and uh, for the world to hear. And so, you know, here I am, 23 years old, still figuring out life, still figuring out what everything means to me. I try to talk about only the things that I kind of know. You know, I don't, I don't talk about a lot about money or building a million dollar business or doing X, Y, and Z because I don't have a lot of that stuff yet. But what I do know is this. I do know that living a life where you try to have no regrets, living a life where you try to focus on happiness, helping others, and chasing your own version of your dream life, it feels amazing. You know, the amount of joy and excitement that I have for my life, the amount of self-love and happiness I've found for myself, the amount of things that I do every single day that make me happy, you know, I'm, I'm proud of and I'm, I'm really happy that I put in the work to get there. It's not about for me this external things and these big versions of success. It's like I can sit down every day and I can be pretty happy with who I am and what I'm doing on this earth. And there's still a lot of bad days, a lot of bad moments, and I have so, so much to learn. But like I said, my guiding question, if I die tomorrow, I would be extremely happy with the person that I am at 23 years old and the things that I have done with my life. And so with all that being said, thank you for taking the time to listen to my story what I've learned. I hope that you got something out of it. I hope that you can take something from this and put it into your own life. And I hope that it makes you reflect a bit on your story and ask yourself, are you running your own race? Is it time for you to commit to your dream life as well? I'll see you next time.